circle, yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin. This is occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. This week, Full Circle will cover two important topics with upcoming events in the Bay Area. Hands Off Assange, Saturday, October 8th, and Indigenous Peoples Day, Monday, October 10th. On tonight's show, we'll hear some sounds from past Indigenous Peoples Day gatherings. We'll get an update from KPFA producer and First Voice graduate Sarah Blanco on the upcoming special hour of programming for Indigenous Peoples Day. And in the second half of the show, we'll hear speakers from the recent Free Julian Assange, Free Mumia Abu-Jamal, and Free Palestine event held in Berkeley last month. And Code Pink Bay Area coordinator Cynthia Papermaster will give an update on the October 8th hands-off Assange actions that are planned around the globe, including right here in San Francisco. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Freewell and Franklin, coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Babe Miwok territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. Again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. I am your host tonight, Free Willen Franklin. And before I kick off the show tonight, I want to give a big shout out to everyone who donated during this past couple weeks fund drive. All of us here at KPFA appreciate every donation we get. Also, I want to give a big shout out to the KPFA crew for all the hard work they put into these last few weeks to make this fun drive as successful as it was. It does look like we'll be a little bit short of our goal. So if you haven't had a chance to donate during this fall fun drive, please take a moment to head over to kpfa.org and make a secure donation online. And remember, you don't have to wait for a fun drive to donate to KPFA. You can donate anytime you like at kpfa.org. So again, a big thank you to everyone involved. And I'm going to get on with the show now tonight because coming up next Monday, October 10th is Indigenous Peoples Day. And of course, KPFA will be live on the rock bringing you the Sunrise Gathering as we do every year. Indigenous Peoples Day has come to replace Columbus Day in many places throughout the country. It was first created in 1992 right here in Huchin, or as it is now come to be known, Berkeley. 
and it was created to coincide with the 500th year anniversary of the arrival of Columbus in the Americas, which was October 12th, 1492. And as the atrocities caused by Columbus became apparent, the movement to change Columbus Day and rename the holiday Indigenous Peoples Day became necessary, and today more than a dozen states and over a hundred cities celebrate the day. Here is what participants in the 2014 Indigenous Peoples Day gathering on Alcatraz had to say about why it's important to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. Right. Well, there's a, a lot of reasons to stop celebrating Columbus Day. I think the first is that it, it perpetuates a false history of the United States and, and what happened here and what happened on this continent. And it's especially important for our young people because our children and our youth are constantly being bombarded by negative images of indigenous peoples. You look at things like the Redskins and, and mascots and things like that. So. It's, it's a change of thinking. It's an acknowledgement of the first peoples that were here on this continent. It's an acknowledgement and a validation of who we are as indigenous peoples. And I just think it's really important for um, our communities, indigenous peoples, to recognize that and to own it because we are resilient, um, beautiful people with beautiful cultures and languages and ways of life. To me, Columbus is a great destroyer because when he came to this, these Americas, you know, he saw, you know, an opportunity to take advantage of the indigenous people here, and with him, you know, he brought death, uh, enslaved our people, and from there to now, they've destroyed our culture, our language, and they've tried to uh, wipe us off the face of the earth. I'm a Seminole tribal member, you know, and at one point, the policy of the United States government was to exterminate us. And uh, I feel that the people in the Americas, you know, they should recognize what he really did. I can't see why they refuse to uh, recognize that, you know, what actually took place. Like I said, there was generations of generations of our people that suffered. And, you know, we still have the struggles of uh, things that, you know, originated from Columbus stepping foot, you know, in the Americas. As uh, somebody who's from the other side of that invisible border from Canada, as an indigenous person, coming here and realizing that the celebration is celebrating the genocide of our people, as, an, as the indigenous people, the original people of this, what we call Turtle Island. And as a mother, um, I don't want my children being raised in this system that celebrates the mass slaughtering of our people, the genocide of our people, um, the, to, to be reliving the trauma and the atrocities of our people. That for me is the reason, the main reason is, is now we have a real opportunity and a, the, the opportunity to change um, the way moving forward. Like I said, it um, says something about a country that would commemorate the beginning of a genocide of the original peoples. And that's what uh, October 12th, uh, 1492 represented. Uh, Columbus himself talked about enslaving the beautiful people that helped him, fed him, uh, were so peaceful and, and uh, generous. He commented and then he said, with 50 men we could enslave them completely. So that's what we're celebrating here, is what happened to the Taino peoples. Within 50 years they were almost exterminated. 
because of Columbus's actions. He actually took some slaves back to Europe. Most most died along the way. So why should that be celebrated? Of course, it should be uh, changed to Indigenous Peoples Day in honor of the original peoples here and the generosity that they still show, that we still show, uh, for those that arrive later on our shores. Um, as somebody said up on the island, that if you own land uh, in what's now called the United States, you should thank the indigenous peoples for that. You know, remember the indigenous peoples. And it's really a time to uh, support uh, their struggles here in California and to support our indigenous peoples struggles for human rights and for our land and for protecting Mother Earth all over the continent, all over the world. Welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. I am Free Will and Franklin and... You just heard some voices from the 2014 Indigenous Peoples Day gathering on Alcatraz Island. The last voice you heard was Andrea Carmen, the executive director of the International Indian Treaty Council. Uh, Andrea Carmen will again be helping to organize this year's event. And just a reminder, be sure to tune in, as always, to the Indigenous Peoples Day Sunrise Gathering broadcast live on KPFA, now starting at 5.30 a.m. Pacific Time. That's a half hour earlier and going till 8 a.m. I will be out there as part of the Radio Free Alcatraz crew, along with Sarah Blanco, Falcone, Pedro Reyes, and of course, Miguel Gavilan Molina. And this year, KPFA's Native American programmers will bring you a special one-hour program following the sunrise ceremony at 8 a.m. And now joining me to talk about what we can expect in this special hour of programming is the executive producer of the hour, First Voice graduate, Sarah Blanco. Welcome, Sarah Blanco. How are you doing tonight? Really good. Thank you. And yeah, we got this special hour of programming coming up on KPFA on Monday, Indigenous Peoples Day. Tell us about what people can expect to hear throughout the day and the special hour. So Monday, October 10th is Indigenous Peoples Day. And, you know, I do just want to start off by saying that KPFA and programs like Full Circle and Flashpoints, La Onda Bajita, Bay Native Circle, Across Indian Land, amongst others, have been producing indigenous programming for as long as KPFA has been around. Um, and many of us do it pretty consistently. I want to talk a little bit about how this particular Monday is going to unfold because, yes, there's going to be an extra um, hour in there thrown in the mix, which we're pretty excited about. So the Radio Free Alcatraz crew will, along with the International Indian Treaty Council, will be broadcasting live from the rock, live from Alcatraz at 5.30 a.m. Pacific time this Monday. So it's a half hour earlier than normal. So at that time when you tune in, tune into KPFA, you'll be able to listen to all of the speakers and dancers from the Sunrise Gathering, and that'll be live, as raw and beautiful as it gets, if you're not able to make it out to Alcatraz. 
And then at 8 a.m. is what we're calling KPFA's 2022 Indigenous People's Day special program. And that is, we're pretty excited about it. It's a mix of producers and uh, you yourself. Yes, I'm one of them. I'm very excited to be part of the crew. You've produced a feature story about, about blood quantum. Like, what is it? Um, with a rich variety of sounds and stories and voices. Uh, and I'm really excited for people to hear that. And then the remainder of the hour is really a, like a conglomerate, like a collection of interviews and personal stories related to tribal bills that have passed or that are, up, yeah, mainly tribal bills that have passed, and also about the intersection of missing and murdered indigenous peoples and trafficking. So all of those stories were produced by Morningstar Galley, and uh, a crew of us uh, compiled them together to to bring you the show at 8 a.m. So the crew is, um, let's start with Lucrecia, who was one of the early advisors, and then Morningstar Galley is the host narrator and producer of um, the stories I just mentioned. And then one of the producers is Free Will and Franklin for Blood Quantum. And then one of the crew who was instrumental in breaking down and editing and mixing some personal stories from a lot of material uh, was Falcone. So thank you so much, Falcone, for being able to keep the integrity of the story while mixing various snippets of, of their um the times that they spoke at a, at a panel about missing and murdered indigenous people and the intersection between that and trafficking. Um, so, and then um, I was the executive producer, but really I got to kind of sit back, I feel like, and, and just help everyone kind of put the pieces together. And then a special thank you to Antonio Ortiz, the interim general manager, for uh, bringing that as an option for us to all work together on. And so hopefully um, a new crew or a combination crew will work on one for November as well. And so then, so that's going to air at 8 a.m. Pacific time on Monday. And then if you miss that one, it will actually be rebroadcast at 3 p.m. on Monday. And then... Uh, yours truly, I will be producing Flashpoints that Monday evening at 5 p.m. And traditionally, Dennis Bernstein has always done Indigenous Peoples Day programming at that time. And um, I will be sitting in for him and produce new material uh, that you hadn't heard that day yet at 5 p.m. All right. And you've been in the thick of this production. It's I've been part of the team and it's been going on for some weeks now. You know, what has really got your ear and got you excited about you've been listening, listening to all our stories and our different pieces, you know, probably over and over again. Um, so what are you really most excited about to share with the KPFA audience with this new special broadcast that we're putting on? I think it is a reminder about the importance of how we work together as a community and really how KPFA was founded in many ways on telling people's stories. Also an idea of pacifism to an extent, right? And then the idea of 
people coming together to produce the the art, if you will, to speak about the struggles, to talk about social justice, to bring forth the stories that other people are really not talking about. And so KPFA all, all, already does that, but the idea that the interim general manager could try to, you know, puts the team together and says, hey, who wants to join? You can join, you can pop in and, and do this kind of thing. And and that's kind of what Full Circle has been doing in many ways. And a lot of collectives, La Onda, and a lot of other places have collectives. And um, I just love that sense of community. It's also kind of always an honor <laughs> to work with Morningstar Galley and to have kind of access to the wealth of content that she produces. And then for myself and Falcone and Lucrecia to be able to to help produce that into you know, smaller bits for people to listen and, and consolidate space in an hour. And then um, the idea of the feature that you're producing really excites me a lot as well. The feature with so many audio sounds and coming from everywhere as quickly as someone as you. And I aspire to do that one day. All right. Sarah Blanco, first voice graduate apprentice. It's been great to have you back on Full Circle. Thanks again. Be sure to tune in to uh, La Onda Bajita, 9 o'clock every first Friday to hear more from Sarah Blanco. Again, before we go, um, remind us the times to tune in for the Sunrise Gathering and then again for the 2020 KPFA Indigenous Peoples Special Program. The Radio Free Alcatraz crew will broadcast live from Alcatraz for the Indigenous Peoples Day Sunrise Gathering starting at 5.30 a.m. PST live. Then at 8 a.m., KPFA brings you their 2022 Indigenous Peoples Day special program. It will rebroadcast at 3 p.m. if you miss it at 8 a.m. Then at 5 p.m., Flashpoints will produce an additional hour of Indigenous Peoples Day programming. All happening Monday, October 10th. Um, Might I say also that uh, tonight at 9 p.m., I will air an interview that I did two years ago with Sashin Littlefeather, and she recently passed away. So Sashin was asked by Marlon Brando to appear in his place to reject his Oscar in 1973. And then when she appeared to reject it, right, many in the attendance booed. Uh, so I, uh, it was an honor to speak to her. And so that also goes back to what an honor it's been to be at KPFA and the mentors uh, that I have made along the way. Yeah, again, for sure. Shout out to all our radio mentors, Gavilan, Tony Gonzalez, Dennis Bernstein, Mary Jean Robertson, and Janine Antoine. And for sure, be sure to tune in tonight at 9 o'clock to hear Sarah's interview with Sashin Littlefeather. Thanks again, Sarah Blanco. We're going to take a short music break. This is the AIM song, and we'll be right back to Full Circle on KPFA.
All right, you're listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and online worldwide at kpfa.org, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You just heard the American Indian Movement song by the All Nations Drum. Every year on Indigenous Peoples Day, the AIM song is played on the boat on the way out to Alcatraz Island. And it's also played on the march from the lower part of Alcatraz up to the parade grounds where the sunrise gathering happens. Before the music break, we got an update on the 2022 Indigenous Peoples Day special hour of programming that will air Monday, October 10th at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Indigenous Peoples Day, right after the sunrise gathering broadcast. Again, the Indigenous Peoples Day special hour of programming will air at 8 a.m. Monday morning, Indigenous Peoples Day, right after the sunrise gathering, which now starts at 5.30 a.m. Be sure to tune in and be sure to share with your friends so they too can tune in. All right, coming up to close out the first half of the show and continuing to honor Indigenous Peoples Day, I'm going to share two Native American short stories. Both of these stories are from the book Native American Testimony, a chronicle of Indian-white relations from prophecy to the present. That's 1492 to the year 2000. After these short stories, we'll get an update on the hands-off Assange event that is happening tomorrow in San Francisco. Stay tuned. first story I'm going to read comes from one of the classics of Native American literature, which is Black Elk Speaks, the autobiography of an Aglala Sioux holy man, recorded and edited by John G. Nearhart. By the end of the 19th century, Black Elk, a relative of the famous Sioux leader Crazy Horse, had seen his tribe transformed from the buffalo-hunting lords of the Great Plains to hungry, impoverished prisoners pent up on 13 government reservations. At the age of nine, Black Elk had gone into a trance and had experienced a wondrous vision in which the six grandfathers, west, east, north, south, earth, and sky, granted him unusual spiritual powers. Thereafter, he was dedicated to bringing to life the flowering tree of his people by revitalizing the seven sacred rites of the Oglala. In this brief selection, Black Elk remembers the ominous dream of an earlier Sioux medicine man. A long time ago, my father told me what his father told him, that there was once a Lakota Sioux holy man named Drinkswater, who dreamed what was to be. And this was long before the coming of the Wasichu, or white man. He dreamed that the four-legged were going back into the earth, and that a strange race had woven a spider's web all around the Lakotas. And he said, When this happens, you shall live in square gray houses in a barren land, and beside those gray houses you shall starve. They say he went back to Mother Earth soon after he saw this vision, and it was sorrow that killed him. You can look about you now and see that he meant these dirt-roof houses we are living in, 
and that all the rest was true. Sometimes dreams are wiser than waking. Black Elk, remembering a dream from drinks water, another Sioux holy man. This next story is the easy life of the gray-eyed, which comes from the old Acoma Pueblo in New Mexico's Valencia County, which stands atop a steep rocky mesa 357 feet high. Today, most of the Acoma people inhabit communities closer to the highway and Albuquerque, 60 miles from Acoma. But in summertime, many families return to their adobe houses high on the mesa. Then the narrow, dusty streets bustle almost as in the old days. James Patimayo spent his childhood there, and in his reminiscence of daily life at Acoma, Flaming Arrows People, was published in 1932. This excerpt differs from the other prophecy stories in that during Patimayo's childhood, the existence of the white man was an established fact. What the old Acoma headmen seem to foretell here are the destructive influences which white culture will have upon the traditional Acoma way of life. I can just remember the old men in my village. Old age was simply a delightful time. When the old men sat on the sunny doorsteps playing in the sun with the children until they fell asleep, at last they failed to wake up. These old men used to prophesy about the coming of the white man. They would go out about tapping their canes on the adobe floor of the house and call to us children, listen, listen. The gray-eyed people are coming nearer and nearer. They are building an iron road. They are coming nearer every day. There will be a time when you mix with these people. That is when the gray-eyes are going to get you to drink black hot water, which you will drink whenever you eat. Then your teeth will become soft. They will get you to smoke at a young age so that your eyes will run tears on windy days. Your eyesight will be poor. Your joints will crack when you want to move slowly and softly. You will sleep on soft beds and will not like to rise early. When you begin to wear heavy clothes and sleep under heavy covers, then you will grow lazy. Then there will be no more singing heard in the valleys when you walk. When you begin to eat with iron sticks, your tones will grow louder. You will speak louder and overtalk your parents. You will grow disobedient. Then when you mix with these gray-eyed people, you will learn their ways. You will break up homes and murder and steal. Such things have come true. And I compare my generation with the old generation. We are not as good as they were. Neither are we as healthy as they were. How did these old men know what was coming? This is what I would like to know. James Patamayo, Acoma Pueblo.
Welcome back. This is Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and worldwide all the time on kpfa.org. I am your host tonight, Free Will and Franklin. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We're going to now turn our attention towards journalist Julian Assange. Julian Assange is the founder of the publishing site WikiLeaks, the site publishes leaked government documents and data that reveal what governments around the world are doing, including the U.S. government. Julian Assange has basically been on the run from the U.S. government since 2010 when WikiLeaks published a series of leaked documents and data provided by Chelsea Manning. In that publishing of those leaked documents and material, was the now infamous collateral murder video. The video showed the killing of Iraqi civilians, including children and journalists, at the hands of a U.S. helicopter team. Although Julian Assange has not been convicted of a crime, he has been charged by the U.S. government under the Espionage Act. Editors from the Washington Post and the New York Times, as well as press freedom organizations, have criticized the U.S. government's decision to charge Julian Assange under the Espionage Act, characterizing it as an attack on the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, which guarantees freedom of the press. Many of those same organizations, however, have turned their back on Assange and refused to keep up the reporting on his story and treatment. Here to give us an update on tomorrow's hands-off Assange action in San Francisco is the Bay Area Coordinator for Code Pink, Cynthia Papermaster. All right, this is Free Will and Franklin here on Full Circle, and now I'm being joined with the uh, Bay Area Coordinator for the San Francisco Bay Area chapter of Code Pink, and that's Cynthia Papermaster. Cynthia, thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle here on KPFA. Thanks so much for having me, Frank. And yes, um, you're about to bring us uh, up to date on an action that is planned here in San Francisco. And this is to coordinate with a large action um, that's going to be Saturday, October 8th. And it's Hands Off Assange. And this is for Julian Assange, of course. And in London, they're going to surround the parliament um, arm in arm or hand in hand. But there's going to be Solidarity actions all over the place, Washington, San Francisco, Denver, uh, Toulouse, Seattle. And Cynthia, you're going to bring us up to date on what's happening in San Francisco. So um, what do you all have planned for the 8th? Where should people be and uh, what time? Okay, thank you. Yes, uh, our free Julian Assange rally is happening at noon on Saturday, just two days from now, in front of the San Francisco Ferry Building at the foot of Market Street. Sometimes people call that Chelsea Manning Plaza. Some people call it Harry Bridges Plaza. It's at the foot of Market Street, you can't miss it. And it's at noon, it'll go for about an hour, hour and a half. We're gonna form a human chain and people will be linked with yellow free Assange ribbons, which is a beautiful, powerful image that will go out to the world. 
And as you said, these rallies are happening all over in, in England, of course, or surrounding the parliament. Washington, D.C. is a big rally uh, in Seattle, Denver, and Tulsa, of all places. So, you know, Bay Area, if Tulsa can stand up for Julian Assange, let's show how the SF Bay Area cares and wants Julian to be free. So I hope everybody will come out. And again, remind us uh, the time and the place. It's at noon in front of the San Francisco Ferry Building at the very foot of Market Street, that big plaza in front of the Ferry Building. All right. And, you know, this is not a new fight to you. You've been an activist for many years um, with Code Pink, fighting the drones and other um, peace-related issues. Now, Code Pink has really stepped up and been an outspoken uh, defender of Julian Assange. Personally, um, talk about your choice to be a supporter of Julian Assange and um, why you're fighting for his freedom. Good question. I am so grateful, and I think the world is very grateful to Julian Assange, who, as a publisher, uh, founder of WikiLeaks, uh, made public uh, documents and video of the United States uh, actions, illegal actions, criminal actions, war criminal actions in Iraq and other places. Um, we were able to find out what our government was doing in our name, murdering people, for example, um, and a number of other things that WikiLeaks revealed. Um, no person ha has been shown to have been hurt by these revelations. And not only did WikiLeaks publish these things, but so did the New York Times, Reuters, The Guardian, etc. And because he wasn't, or WikiLeaks wasn't the only publisher, President Obama decided not to prosecute Julian Assange. He dropped that. He did not have the Department of Justice go after Julian. However, when Trump became president, he reversed that decision. And that's when Julian got arrested and hauled off to prison without having been convicted of any crime. And we're asking Biden and the Department of Justice to drop the prosecution because they haven't got a case. I'm somebody who cares about justice, and I know the listeners are too. This man is innocent. He hasn't been convicted of any crime, and he's been held in prison for over three years now. So in solitary, which is a form of torture, it's not okay. We have to get our government to drop this prosecution. Definitely, and I think if you don't count the time he's in prison, he's also been basically, you know, confined to embassies here and there, um, just trying to stay out of the hands of uh, law enforcement, the Department of Justice, and um, over there in um, London or wherever he's at now. And we're also fighting extradition to the United States. We've seen um, the treatment that Chelsea Manning received and other whistleblowers. So we're fighting the um, extradition of him here. What's going on on that front of, you know, the chances that he's going to be extradited back to the U.S. where we all know that he'll face torture and be mistreated? And, and, and talk about his treatment where he's at now. Right, right. Well, uh, it's all tangled up in uh, appeals and in the courts in, in England. So there hasn't been a decision. Meanwhile, He's getting punished in advance of any conviction. And, you know, one of the charges against Assange is violations of the United States Espionage Act. Well, Julian Assange isn't a U.S. citizen. How come he's subject to our law, our, U, our Espionage Act? And this is the first time 
a publisher has been charged with espionage under that act. So I'm just wondering why uh, we are convicting him. He has been proven guilty of anything, and yet we're punishing him. In, a in essence, we are murdering Julian Assange by insisting that uh, insisting on this extradition, which is keeping him under lock and key in London. Um, he's, he's innocent. So under normal law, he would be allowed to go free and wait for a trial if such a trial were to happen by having his freedom. And it just, it's, it's just outrageous. So I'm sorry, I forgot your other question. Oh yeah, the conditions. Yeah, he's in solitary confinement, which is a form of torture. It's just, you know, it's horrific. I think about this every day. Every day I think, why is Julian Assange there? When is he gonna die? Is he gonna die in prison? He's, he's in there with the most brutal criminals in England in Belmarsh prison. It's just horrible. Yeah, we <sighs> we need to get him out of there and um, not extradited here, but to freedom. And I heard um, in Mexico they were offering him um, citizenship and a place to live. Right, that's right. Thank you, Mexico. Yeah, definitely. Well, briefly before I let you go, um, there was a large event that happened back on September 17th for Julian Assange at the First Congregational Church in Berkeley. Uh, a lot of people were out there. The um, Veterans for Peace. People we're going to hear from tonight, Alice Walker, Chris Hedges. There we go, Chris Hedges. And you were also a part of that. Um, what's your reflections on that night in Berkeley just a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it was really extraordinary, Dan Ellsberg. Um, it was also a night to free Mumia and a night for free Palestine. So we had a lot of different issues together, which is wonderful. I like connecting everything together like that. Um, I loved what Alice Walker said, of course, and and Francisco Herrera played a song written by Dennis Bernstein for Julian, and it was just beautiful. So I, I thought the night was extraordinary. Definitely. And um, we're going to go after us. We're going to go to that song and then we're going to hear from Alice Walker and uh, Chris Hedges. So, uh, Cynthia Papermaster, thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle to bring us up to date. But before you go, remind us again of the action that's happening. Um, and a reminder, this is Friday. I know we're speaking on Thursday, um, but it's Friday, so it's not two days from now. It's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> and thanks. so um, it's all right. Remind us um, of the action that's happening uh, tomorrow, October 8th, and when and where people should be. Thank you so much. Saturday, October 8th, Bay Area, come out to stand for freedom for Julian Assange. It's at noon in front of the San Francisco Ferry Building at the foot of Market Street. It's easy to get to. We're gonna have a huge crowd. We're gonna be linked by yellow free Assange ribbons to form a huge human chain with gorgeous, gorgeous, powerful image there. So welcome everybody to come. Please come out. Thank you. Thank you again, Cynthia Papermaster. And just a reminder, there is a recording of that entire September event that you can view on First Voice Media Facebook page. And I will post a link to that tonight just after the show on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. Any last words, Cynthia, on how people could follow Code Pink's actions around the Bay Area or any last words on Assange? Uh, wow, thank you. Uh, yeah, CodePink.org is the CodePink website where you can find CodePink actions, events, 
and campaigns that are happening all over the country and including the Bay Areas. Um, and if anybody wants to write directly to me, I'm code pink GG, G for Golden Gate, and G for Golden Gate, code pink GG at Gmail. So get in touch if you want to get on our email list. And thank you so much, Franklin. I really appreciate this. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with us here on KPFA on Full Circle. And again, that's Cynthia Papermaster. She's the Code Pink Coordinator for the San Francisco Bay Area. Thank you again, Cynthia. Peace. Bye-bye. All right. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. I am Free Will and Franklin, your host for tonight. And you just heard my interview with San Francisco Bay Area Code Pink Coordinator, Cynthia Papermaster. She was bringing us up to speed on tomorrow's hands-off Assange action. Again, we will have all the links and information on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. Now we're going to close out the show with some speeches and music that was recorded at the Free Julian Assange, Free Mumia Abu-Jamal, and Free Palestine event. The event was held September 17th at the First Congregational Church right around the corner from KPFA in Berkeley. The event was sponsored by the Mobilization to Free Mumia Abu-Jamal and the International Concerned Family and Friends of Mumia abu Jamal. There were many speakers, including Mama Pam Africa, Mumia Abul Jamal, Daniel Ellsberg, and Chris Hedges, among many others. Two special performances we will hear tonight. First, we'll hear a song written by KPFA's own Dennis Bernstein and performed by Francisco Herrera. And later, we'll hear a poem for Julian Assange's son performed by Alice Walker. The show was emceed by Jeff Mackler of the Mobilization to Free Mumia, and we will let him kick off the event for us. Julian Assange is one person who told the truth about U.S. wars. How many of you have any idea how many people in the United States are paid and have national security clearance of one form or another and are part of the U.S. national security system. 1.4 million people have top clearance, Pentagon national security clearance, and 4.5 million others have clearance. That's the kind of security state that is needed to maintain the privilege of the tiny numbers to conduct wars, to spy on everybody, as Edward Snowden pointed out. Julian Assange isn't even one of those people like Dan Ellsberg, who will be speaking tonight. He was a journalist from afar. So they smeared him and said he was a rapist, he was a Trump supporter, he was a liar. But everything he said, as you'll see tonight, was the truth, and he's being punished for being a journalist who tells the truth, the truth about the horrors of U.S. wars. We have today a world-class premiere showing of approximately a six-minute video called Free Julian Assange.
It was made by filmmaker Paul Baker Hernandez while he was in Nicaragua. And the music is by Francisco Herrera and his Caminante band, who is here with us today. And finally, the words to the song is, are written by KPFA's host, Dennis Bernstein. So with that, let's hear Free Julian Assange be premier video showing. As a journalist, I saw that we could achieve a lot of reform with a little bit of work. In some cases, one classified video can possibly stop a war. Chopper opens fire, instruments of genocide, WikiLeaks unmask the lie. Or spewed by central command, gunsight video nails the murder scene down. Julian told the truth about the war machine. It's getting late in the hour. Don't wait another minute to speak truth to power. Victims of smart bombs went up in flames. Back that on fire. Julian Assange. Our next speaker is one of my favorite people. She's a Pulitzer Prize novelist. She's the author of The Color Purple. She's a co-national chair of Assange Defense. She's visited Mumia Abu-Jamal and Julian Assange in prison. And 40 years ago, after the Saba, Sabra and Shatila massacre exactly 40 years ago, almost to the date, when the Israeli governments guarding the Palestinian refugee camps purposely withdrew to allow the fascist Falange groups to slaughter 3,000 innocent Palestinians, we put a full-page ad in the New York Times that cost us $50,000 at that time. 
and it was titled the first time End All Aid to Apartheid Israel. And it was signed by people around the world. And the first two signers were Alice Walker and Angela Davis. <clears throat> and the very next day, the New York Times gave Harvard professor Alan Dershkowitz the opportunity to reply. And they called Alice Walker and Angela Davis anti-Semites. The same call that we hear against Alice today. A couple of decades ago, we had a meeting at Glide Memorial Church for the daughter of Bishop Tutu, the Nobel Peace Prize winner, Naomi Tutu, opposing South African apartheid. And guess who one of our keynote speakers was then? Alice Walker. I'm very pleased that Alice Walker, a very special person who has never let a principle for human dignity slide by, let's give a warm welcome and indeed Stand up for Alice Walker. Anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. So I was thinking about Julian and um, uh, Julian and, and Stella's uh, child, Gabriel, uh, who was named after his uncle Gabriel, that we saw when they came to last time to a, a circle of, of us. And I wanted to read this poem that I wrote for Gabriel because, you know, we, we it's not that we forget the children, because it's just that there's so much that we have to deal with, but they're very much important for us to always consider. So I wanted Gabriel to grow up uh, with me as a kind of auntie that was thinking about him while they were doing these terrible things to his father. It's important for the young to know that somebody, you know, some adult was noticing what was happening to their parents. Gabriel Assange wants to count. He wants to count. When Gabriel Assange grows up, I want him to know that I was thinking of him on his first visit to see his father in prison. That I was moved to realize his big gift to his father was that since he last saw him, since he last saw little Gabriel, little Gabriel had learned to count. Remember what it was like to learn to count? Was it to 10, to 20, to 35? Was it the number of days, weeks, months? Days, weeks, months? Since his father smiled on him. We used to do everything, even offer ourselves to cruel masters to stay with even one member, to stay with even one member of our family as we were being sold. The pleading even now I sometimes feel in my dreams. Gabriel, small warrior, you will have to be brave and of strong heart 
to comprehend the same cruelty. The same cruelty. Looks different, but it's the same cruelty. And it's long history. They want to make you think. They want to make you think that you don't count at all. I can tell you, they have failed to convince hearts that always knew and know to this day that this is not so. Thank you. All right, welcome back to Full Circle. This is 94.1 FM KPFA, and you just heard two short excerpts from the free Assange, Free Mumia, and Free Palestine event that was held September 17th at the First Congregational Church in Berkeley. If you would like to see a video of the entire event, including Chris Hedges, Daniel Ellsberg, the Palestinian Youth Movement, representatives from Veterans for Peace and the Middle East Children's Alliance, please visit our Facebook page at First Voice Media. We will also post a link on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. And that does it for me tonight. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight for pictures, archive shows, and important links and information related to tonight's show. The Full Circle crew is executive producer, Miss M. Joy Moore is our production consultant, and me, Freewell and Franklin. I have been your host tonight, and I am also the technical director for this show, Full Circle. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, while you're out there, please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA, because up next is La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone. Chopper open the spine, instruments of genocide, WikiLeaks unmask the lie. Orders spewed by Central Command, gunsight video nails the murder scene down. Julian told the truth about the war machine. It's getting late in the hour Don't wait another minute To speak truth to power Victims of smart bombs went up in flames Baghdad on fire Assange gave that a Collateral murder, a family shredded and maimed. Journalists die, who will remember the name?
remember the name.